Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the book of Daniel, specifically the 11th chapter, which as we've seen is a loaded chapter. We've covered the first, I think, seven verses of this chapter. And again, it's, uh, uh, the divine being is telling Daniel what is yet to happen in the future. Okay, What's yet to happen in the future. That's from Daniel's perspective. From our perspective, these things have already taken place. And if you care to take the time, you can actually go and do research and find places that will delineate. Okay, this we believe this king right here, the north is this king. We believe this king in the south is this king. Again, the north and south uh, compass points are from the perspective of the city of Jerusalem. So it's basically talking about uh, uh, kings north of Jerusalem, primarily the Syrian kings, and the kings south of Jerusalem, usually the Egyptians, because that's who it's usually talking about. I want to go back and reread these seven verses again, and I hope to get through the 14th verse today just to give us a flow of the big picture that's happening here, okay? So verse 1, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I arose to be an encouragement and protection for him. Again, that's, this is the divine being uh, being spoken about right here. He's talking about himself. And he's the one doing the speaking. Verse 2, and now I will tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings are going to arise in Persia. Then a fourth will gain far more riches than all of them. As soon as he becomes strong through his riches, he will arouse the whole empire against the realm of Greece. And a mighty king will arise, and he will rule with great authority and do as he pleases. But as soon as he has arisen, his kingdom will be broken up and parceled out toward the four points of the compass, though not to his own descendants, nor according to his authority, which he wielded, for his sovereignty will be uprooted and given to others beside him. We believe that's Alexander the Great right there. Okay? Now verse 5. Then the king of the south will grow strong <clears throat> along with one of his princes who will gain ascendancy over him and obtain dominion. His domain will be a great dominion indeed. Verse 6. After some years they will form an alliance and the daughter of the king of the south will come to the king of the north to carry out a peaceful arrangement. But she will not retain her position of power, nor will he remain with his power. But she will be given up along with those who brought her in. And the one who sired her, as well as he who supported her in those times. And so we see what's occurring here is that uh, we're being given... The historical account was happening with a peace treaty, okay, with a particular kind of thing to carry out a peaceful arrangement. Then verse 7, but one of the descendants of her line will arise to his place. Also, this this whole peace thing, this positioning of power and all this, it didn't work out. So there's going to be one of her line, though, who will arise, and he will come against their army and enter the fortress of the king of the north, and he will deal with them. And display great strength. So this one from the south is going to enter the fortress of the king of the north. Now verse 8. We begin with uh, new verses now. Also, their gods with their metal images 
and their precious vessels of silver and gold, he will take captive into captivity to Egypt. And he, on his part, will refrain from attacking the king of the north for some years. Now, it's important to pay attention <coughs> these timing elements. Uh, we've already seen, you know, a couple of phrases, you know, after some years and this kind of thing. Here we see, and if you're not sure which king is north, which king is the south, you can get little hints like this. The one that goes and it said that he was in uh, enters the fortress of the king of the north. Well, who's going to enter the fortress of the king of the north? Will it be the king of the south? Well, then that king of the south takes the metal images and the precious vessels and the silver and the gold, and he will take it into captivity into Egypt. So that means he's from Egypt. But he's going to refrain from attacking the king of the north for some years. Okay, for a period of years, there will be no attack. Now, sometimes it's uh, mentioned a particular king. Sometimes it's speaking of the whole kingdom. Okay, the kingdom of the south will not attack the kingdom of the north, simply because of the period of time. Look at verse 9. Then the latter will enter the king of the north, will enter the realm of the king of the south, but will return to his own land. So something comes down there, they do something, but he goes back to his own land. Verse 10. His sons will mobilize and assemble a multitude of great forces. And one of them, one of the sons of the kings of the north, will keep on coming and overflow and pass through that he may wage war up to his very fortress. Verse 11, the king of the south will be enraged. In other words, one of these sons is going to come and he's going to get right to the fortress and the king of the south is going to be angry. He will go forth and fight with the king of the north. Then the latter will raise a great multitude, but that multitude will be given into the hand of the former. So the king of the north is going to raise a great army, a great multitude, but it's going to be given to the king of the south. Verse 12, when the multitude is carried away, his heart would be lifted up and he will cause tens of thousands to fall, yet he will not prevail. Okay. What's going to happen here is these kings are going to exalt themselves. His heart's going to be lifted up. He doesn't care if tens of thousands die or not, but he's not going to prevail. Why? Verse 13 tells us, For the king of the north will again raise a greater multitude than the former the king of the south. And after an interval of some years, there's that timing reference again, he will press on with a great army and much equipment. Now, in those times, <clears throat> many will rise up against the king of the south. The violent ones among your people will also lift themselves up in order to fulfill the vision, but they will fall down. That's sort of interesting right there. So this vision right here is going to be given, that he's been given, Daniel has, is going to be fulfilled. People are going to know about this vision. They're going to read it right here in Daniel. And a lot of times people try to do things to fulfill the vision that they see when they're really not the ones that will fulfill the vision. What's going to happen? They will fall down. Same thing occurs to us today. Okay, uh, A lot of times when uh, people in the body of Christ, true believers, okay, true believers, they'll see uh, what the Scripture has to say about end-time things, and they'll usually lock into one element. And then they'll go, oh, this is happening right now. This is it. This is the fulfillment of this. <laughs> usually it's not. Okay, there's some big, major things that I can point to right now to tell you that have been fulfilled, that have been fulfilled somewhat recently. I'll give you probably the best example. Israel is a nation now. 
Israel became a nation, was it 1948? I believe May the 15th, 1948. So uh, basically in our lifetimes, okay, in our lifetimes, Israel has become a nation and is back upon the land for the first time in 2,600 years. That is significant. That is uh, the fulfillment of some prophecy and the beginning, I think, of the fulfilling of a lot of other prophecies. But when people sit there and point that there's some battle or there's some disease or there's some plague or an earthquake takes place, even Jesus himself says, when you see these earthquakes, when you see these things, don't worry, these things must occur. But this is not even the beginning of birth pangs yet. And then you're going to have some things which will be the beginning of birth pangs. The whole idea that when you birth a child, there's a process. And those birth pangs start coming over a period of time before you actually reach the point of delivery the same way. And it's really nothing new because right here we see uh, perhaps a little example of how people were trying to lift themselves up in order to fulfill the vision, but they will fall down. Okay. Again, this chapter is very, very intriguing. You would do well to read it just over and over, just get a flow. Again, not trying to memorize who's king of the north, who's the king of the south. But if nothing else, just the wonder and the glory of how God knows everything, past, present, and future. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.